bring back the mole. What are we doing? Oh, guys? man, that was my favorite reality TV show. I'm not even kidding. That's okay. First of all, that's insane. Yeah. But the greatest reality show of all time is Top Chef. It just is. And that's not debatable. Mike, you don't say anything, please. Okay, so thank you. You know how you always talk about Dark Souls and stuff like that? I'm talking about Boy, I got something to say. <laughs> I held my tongue long enough. I tried to stay silent and I can't do it any longer. Oh, you want to talk about Top Chef? Okay, good. You said don't say anything. And I lasted a solid 20, 30 seconds, which oh, is a record for me. Good for you. Uh, without saying. Saying, that is you. crazy top chef is <laughs> actually you know what you know what i don't want to pull an andrew i haven't seen it so i can't comment thank but you i'm assuming top chef's incredible man you know but don't stop yourself from having an opinion in which you know nothing about the topic andrew when have i ever ever <laughs> let that stop me Welcome to the Retrograde Podcast, where we remind you what you used to love and whether or not you still should. I'm Andrew Bascom. And I am Mikey, the big boy, Aaron Worth, coming oh, in hot with oh. little dinky Andy at his trail. I'll tell you one thing, I'm really starting to like these roles we got going here, and I like that I'm now adopting the voice of Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> You also have, uh, speaking of your and my favorite video game of all time, you sound like Dutch from Red Dead Redemption 2. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, which his voice is so incredible. Like that whole all, character is so good. All the voice acting in that in that game yeah. is, is incredible, but I agree. Remarkable. I think Dutch is one of the most captivating characters. I love when he's on screen. I empathize with him. I hate we him do. sometimes. Yes, um, often. You know what I hate the most, though, about him? Okay is apart from the fact that he's in that game which isn't yeah, good everyone says uh, it I was is. waiting for that yeah it's the fact that you can't get a lot of the clothes that some of your favorite npcs are wearing yes for for a game that puts so much effort into all these crazy details the amount of clothes that you can wear and accessories and all that are fairly limited and i hate the fact that it's the same regardless of which store you go to more or less like you would think it would it would be better off if they had like a different catalog or a different wardrobe, a different place, with the exception of the place in Saint Denis, because that Saint Denis, that Saint Denis got like the biggest. So, Mikey, I don't want to. I, I want to yes and this, and I want to totally just go with you, but yeah. it's not absolutely correct. Be only because I agree with you that some of the NPCs have unique outfits they always wear, and you can't get yes. those. Um, yeah. And I think that's a little bit by choice, just so that like you're not wearing exactly the same thing as Dutch. Like standing <laughs> what a next weird, to him. What a weird cutscene that would be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, just like you're a real scoundrel. Like you listen to me, and they're wearing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that actually. I think that I think that would make for a better game. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I do do love that. My player two is just my player two just finished Red Dead Redemption two, and uh, and wow, I'm it really her, it took her two months to do what <laughs> I haven't done in two and a half years. Great. That's very true. You're right, and uh, but I do love that. Like kind of the more dramatic moments were coming up, and she had just unlocked her uh, legendary badger hat, and so she's wearing this badger on her head, <laughs> and some of like the truly sad moments are coming up, and I'm like, and you can see, you can see, I'm not gonna ruin anything, but a main character just wearing a badger hat, like. Mm, they're very pensively like <laughs> looking at a sad situation <laughs> i'm uh yeah i there's a lot about that game like yeah you can also get the the trappers stuff and like all those crazy unique uh, garments and all that yes but a lot of those are just absurd just absolutely oh. absurd 
I really wanted a little bit more customization in terms of the outfits you can wear. And I'm probably just that nitpicking because they do so much with, with other things. And that's not the reason why I can't get into that game. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say there's thousands of pieces of clothing and you're like, if it was 10,000, I'd be totally in on yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I'm playing, and this is before we get to the game that we're going to be talking about today, which is going to be a journey. We're going to take a little journey and just meander oh. our way into the conversations about video games and pop culture and, and how Mikey's such a big boy and Andrew's just a what little is this donkey. all about? I, Why okay. are you? I I know I probably should leave it and maybe I should be more subtle. But when I subtlety, oh, subtlety is your strength, Mikey. That it's is always been my strong suit. Yeah, okay. It's always been my strong suit. Says the guy with a mustache and just curly mop of hair, just flailing around everywhere. Um, I I listening to the podcast just laugh every time i say every time i hear myself say lil dinky andy i i i make myself chuckle and one of our listeners actually and a friend of the show and friend of us outside of the show uh steph recommended oh. or, or asked what you would prefer and andrew i'm gonna ask you, i'm gonna hold your feet to the fire okay here. what's that um what would you prefer because you uh on the record hate the fact that I made up a fantastic call sign for you, which is Jin. Oh, um, yeah, okay. This yeah. is this is that going sucks. back into the archives of retro. Yeah, when we were talking about Top Gun and the new Top Gun Maverick that has been delayed to light on 2030 or something like that, and <laughs> uh, we, we were naming call signs, and I said yours would be late night, you know, and I thought that was a good one because you can imagine what the helmet would look like, yeah. and then you just you kind of sheepishly went, I don't know, Jin, uh, and I was like, Jin, <laughs> it's and, not like, bad. Like, would you imagine that it says like gin, like in the right above the visor and a little martini glass? Yeah, I like the martini glass, the little martini emblem. It should be a martini glass and a little black box next to it or something like that. Like, well, you know, listen, the reason why I said gin is because you're big into the bar industry and you fucking love your alcohol. <laughs> I was like that or philanderer. I couldn't figure out uh, like. Andrew racist Bascom or something like that. It's like, oh, what? What are you saying? Like, uh, like mixed tumbles. Like, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go fly this three million dollar jet. <laughs> it's not even three. It's probably like two hundred now. But uh, yeah, so it was gin. Okay, so so it's gin. I assume I could see what's coming up next. It's gin, or if you had to be called one more thing for the rest yeah. of your life, because uh, after you answer this, Andrew, I got a surprise for you. But if you could only be called one thing for the rest of your life. <laughs> By me, would it be okay. Jin or would it be Little Dinky Andy? Okay, <laughs> I I can't. <laughs> my laughter is suppressing my rage. I can't begin <laughs> to tell you how much I hate all of this. And like, there's just no fucking way I can say, "Oh yeah, I'd rather be called Little Dinky Andy for the rest <laughs> of my life." There's just no possible outcome as an adult that I can go, oh yeah, that's the one. Nailed it. Yeah, 100%. So you're saying you want to be called Jin for the rest of your life? Process of elimination, Sophie's choice. If Honest to God, if it was Sophie's choice and they handed me the gun, I'd blow my own brains out. <laughs> but, but Meryl Streep didn't, so I would choose Jin. Um, yeah, okay. And we're we're very adamant on this podcast because we've talked about this before. And every time Meryl's brought up, we have to take a little bit of a break yeah, to either course. talk about the yes. movie Doubt or talk about Sophie's Choice and how if you don't know what the right choice was, we don't want any part to do Honest with you. Honest to it's God, it's choice. so clear cut. Like, it's yeah. so clear cut. I can't believe that that's like the idiom from that movie is that Sophie's Choice is now a hard decision. Yeah. A hard decision? It's crazy. 
it's, hard. it's so Ugh. straight. It's so cut and dry. Um, also, my name isn't even Sophie, so no. it's not my choice to make. And when someone <laughs> says you got a real Sophie's choice, I look them dead in their beady little eyes and I say, well, then let her decide. And yeah. then I walk, I walk right yeah. out of town. Yeah, I go, we've been friends for years and you don't even know my name. That is <laughs> insulting. My name's not Sophie at all. That's ins- it's crazy <laughs> that you think that. Well, I mean, if you did want to be called that, I feel like I, I could maybe shift it. No, it's either Lil Dinky Andy or Jen. We can move on from that. It, but um, if you if you want to hear us more talk about Meryl Streep, obviously you can subscribe and listen to our Doubtcast. Uh, Doubtcast. We, we can't promote it enough. Doubtcast, it's getting huge numbers. It's uh, oh, so big, and and we're we're gonna hand we're gonna hand around the uh, the collection. Andrew, you used to do religion. What's that thing called again? The the basket with for for money and in the church. Obviously, it's basket, which was the FX show with uh, with Galifianakis, Zach Galifianakis. Yes, uh, yeah, that's what we obviously know. Uh, yeah, basket of money. That's that's famous basket for of money. Catholicism. Basket of money. Basket uh, of money, and that's why your name is Andrew Basket. Yeah, hundred percent. Also, I'm the heir to the Baskin of Robin's fortune. Uh, <laughs> Thirty-one flavors, baby. Um, Wait, what is that thing called? The collection thing that they that they. It's collection. Around? It's collection. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You're you're passing around collection. Yeah. There's like I, an entire huge book of of foibles and fables and guidance, and it's it's very imaginative. And they couldn't have thought of a better name for the well, collection. I don't want to get too much into this, but the Bible doesn't really talk about mass per se. It was written before. The, the Bible was written before the religion was started, right? Like it's, it's the basis of the religion. So it's not like, and then the next step that you do is you should pass around a basket and accept money in a Bible, right? <laughs> Man, that's honestly, that's some good foresight on the author of that book to right. know, just to know how popular it was going to be. Do you, did right. they print all the copies and put them in hotels before the religion started as well? Yeah, yeah they did. <laughs> yeah. John, the rock of the, the rock of the church said, okay, the first thing I got to do is we got to print about 3 billion of these things. <laughs> and, they said, and he sat on them. He just sat on them the whole time and said, wait, wait, wait. And everyone's like, you're crazy. And he goes, no, 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 no. They're going to build a couple of red roof ins, a couple of Howard Johnson's. And I'm going to look like a real fucking clever he's, devil. He's, here. He's really the DeBoers of, of, uh, or De Beers of, of, uh, religion. Cause he I'm just sorry. found, can he we found talk a, about De Beers? Yeah. 100% because they had a stockpile of diamonds, right? Are, are you my sir listening to 99% invisible? No, I'm not. Oh my God. Okay. This is an incredible coincidence. Then in 99% invisible, they're doing an incredible series on a podcast called, uh, artifacts of interest or some capacity around that. And that they're talking about is in the same way that 99% of visible, a really great podcast that Mikey and I love that talk about kind of normal everyday things that you try to take for granted. This one's talking about clothes or things that you wear every day and why those things were started. And one of them all was, was about wedding rings and diamonds. Yes. And, and that, it was, that was De Beers, fascinating. Right? And De Beers, De Beers literally had a monopoly up until like 15 years ago, just on diamonds. And it was because one family one day discovered that their house or their like kind of a farm was sitting on about like the most diamonds in the world. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's a bananas story about how diamonds aren't really that valuable, but they kind of create value because of their monopoly. It's a true, it's a true Donkey Kong, baby. It's a bananas story. Yeah, 100%. It's a, it's a true Mario Kart minor inconvenience story. Oh, man. I So my brother recently has gotten into uh, going back and playing some retro games as well. Shout out to Chris from The Six, if he's listening. Oh, uh, he's, former he's guest. Been, 
Donkey Kong. Yeah, for a friend of the show and former guest. Yeah. Uh, he's big into Donkey Kong. Like he's been playing Donkey Kong Country a lot, which we reviewed uh, a couple months ago on this With podcast. Mamorax? With Mamorex, the guy who created our theme song for this podcast <laughs> yeah. as well. Go back and listen to that episode. It's a good yeah. one. That's a good um, one. And he was playing the other day and we had made a plan to watch Dark Side of the Ring, which if you haven't seen that great show, Andrew and I've talked about it also a ton of this. This, this episode of the podcast is where we talk about all the things we used to, t- we've talked about in previous episodes. We um, do this. We do this every couple months this is a recap episode where we just recap everything recap. we've ever talked about. We recap the journey of the retrograde and how oh, we got to where oh. we're going. Oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing that yet. Cause I want to tell this story about my brother playing Donkey Kong. And we had a plan to watch Dark Side of the Ring. And he was midway through a like a level before you could get to a save point. And he had just beaten this level that he was going, pardon the pun, bananas over. Mm. He was just dying and getting super Um, frustrated. I thought he was going necktie over it. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to hang himself with his necktie. That's for Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I had to sit there and watch for an hour and a half as he got to the next place where you could save and it was just the most agonizing thing ever didn't let me play didn't think to ask if i wanted no, to play no. but he's just like i gotta do it. i gotta get to a save point because i never want to play that shitty level ever again and uh and that took about an hour and a half so that was fun thanks chris wow what did you think of the season of dark uh, dark side of the ring hmm i thought it started off strong yeah. i'll give it that i thought it started yeah. off very strong um I, you know what I think one of the issues was, and it's similar to the end of the first season of Dark Side of the Ring as well. I found that the stories kind of got a little bit similar. There's always like a mysterious murder or something, which the first time you hear there's a mysterious murder and cover up in an industry and everyone knows about it. That's amazing, right? But then you start to realize that the wrestling industry is just so fucked up that that's not even an, an impressive story. And you're like, oh, okay, this is just the weirdest fucking industry we've ever uh, been privy to. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's still a remarkable TV show and I think it's required viewing. Like I'm, I'm always going to watch it. Um, yeah, same. But I think the issue was they started off with obviously one of the more famous stories of all time, Chris Benoit. Uh, in a two-parter about uh, the murder or suicide of him and his family. Um, and then it ended with a real banger in the final days of Owen Hart, um, right. which is a, also an incredibly famous story. Um, in the middle there, you know, w- there was interesting ones like the Brawl for All and the Jimmy Snook episode. I think the Jimmy Snook episode was really good. Um, I think the Road Warriors one was okay, but I didn't the like mid- the Road Warriors one, and I was super excited. Oh, really? I just, oh. I just didn't get that one. Just seemed so meat and potatoes, kind of like, like not in a good way. It just seemed mm. so down the line. Like, I, I know what's going to happen here. It didn't really impress me that much. Jimmy Snooker was good. Um, yes, because it's like yeah. it makes a very clear cut decision that like Jimmy Snooker killed this person. Uh, yeah, I hope you yeah, understand. Yeah, it. and it's like, oh my goodness. Um. Whereas in the middle, like the Dino Bravo episode is not a great episode. And I think what the most part from the season that I'm kind of disappointed as that in the Benoit episode, they also made it an Eddie Guerrero episode about his death. And I would have been much more interested to see that as its own episode. Um, Cause he was one of the greatest wrestlers of the last 30 years. And you know, his story is very interesting as well. And the fact that he died and the lineage and the family and to kind of wrap that into an incredibly sad story with Chris Benoit sad for a different reason. You know, Eddie, Eddie Guerrero abused drugs and was, kind of abusive and died of a heart attack. That's one story, but Chris Benoit murdered his family and then killed himself. That's a different story. And the fact that they wrapped in, and I understand why they're connected. Like 
they were best friends and they traveled on the road together. I understand why they're connected, but at the same time, it's kind of like it would have been fun. Uh, oh, fun. Uh, not, not definitely not the word. <laughs> It would have been so <laughs> hilarious and amusing. No, no, uh, no, that's not the word either. Um, it would have been interesting to see on its own. I, I just think I don't know why you have to tie the two together. That's what do you think? Do you think there's there's room to to do that now? Like even though they've already touched on his death, I think they could probably still do that. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I, I obviously they. It's really impressive what they do with such a low budget and like getting these people to do things. I think having the first season as a different narrator and producer, and then this season was a narrator and producer with Chris Jericho. And you could tell that there was more of a Canadian bent on these ones, um, you know, due to Chris Jericho doing it. And I'd wonder right. who's going to do the third season, if it's going to be Jericho again or somebody else. Um, and the stories that they could tell, because you're right, this industry is rich with like very controversial stories and like stuff that can happen. Um, so I'd love to I see a Razor Ramon episode. I Ooh, fucking love to see a Razor maybe. Ramon episode. I, I think the whole NWO and the the leaving for WCW would have been a very that that would be a whole fascinating thing. But I wonder that's almost like its own documentary series. Like that could be its own four parts, and you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, I get that. Right. Whereas comp right. compressing into forty two minutes would be very interesting. Because so we talked about the MJ uh, documentary. The last dance. Um, last dance was incredible, and uh, I'm so glad we watched it. I've made my uh, point that I'm probably not too interested in the Lance Armstrong version of that, uh, <laughs> and the Bruce yeah, Lee one. It turns out I don't think anyone else is either. Like no. I'm hearing a lot of bad things about it. Well, you know, who doesn't like to be right? But uh, <laughs> so we're excited to watch the Bruce Lee documentary coming up soon. But the one that I keep hearing about that people have said is really, really good is the Undertaker recorded a documentary. Um, that is the a last a, ride, the last ride. That is a multi-part, uh, documentary that is currently on the WWE network. And I got to watch the first episode and immediately I was like, Oh my God, I'm so in like, I just, I don't really, even, Oh, I, I don't I even watch watched it. Oh yeah. I watched, I watched the first episode and I was, I was interested to bring this up because so I had just finished, uh, the last dance and yeah. I'm a big, uh, documentary fan as, as it is. And the last dance, the one thing about it is, yeah, the story's great, and and it's it's amazing to hear MJ talk about just about anything. Um, but the editing and the production quality of that of that documentary were second to none. The quality, pacing, writing, editing of the last ride to me is atrocious. Um, the Undertaker is just not a good speaker as well, which doesn't lend itself. Um, but there's all these moments where they just like show him in a car and he's speaking for, you know, a minute and a half in a row without any cuts. And, and he's, he's umming and awing and pausing and this and that. And, you know, the first time or second time to show that he's, you know, a little bit, a little bit slower, he's maybe losing a little bit of his, of his uh, mental acuity is, is one thing. But when that's every time he speaks, I'm just like, man, you got to make this guy sound better. Cut to a, cut to a video of something, cut out a little bit of him umming and awing and just make this flow of it better. But that's what I thought. Oh, at least wow. I, it didn't you know, catch me. I, I think it's that the undertaker has never spoken in, you know, 30 years in the industry, more than that, 40 years in this, what, 35 years, whatever, mid eighties, he's never right. spoken as himself. And so when you get to hear him talk, you're like, Holy crap, this is so different than everything else. I also watched the edge documentary that was on there as well about him coming back after a neck, uh, spinal fusion surgery. And that right. one was fascinating as well because he's married to a professional wrestler and they built a ring in his home so that he could quietly get back into ring shape so that when his announcement to like in the Royal Rumble came back, it was shocking to everybody. And I want to say like, if you're interested in that, it's like an hour. 
Mm-hmm. And it is truly amazing because when he walks out for the Royal Rumble entrance, you could see other wrestlers kind of like turn their heads and go like, like seeing him in rest in ring gear going like, is he? Oh, and they're like, now people are crowding around the entrance because they're going to watch him go out because. These- oh, that's awesome. If you want to feel old, Edge was like the person they looked up to when they were growing up and you're like, oh my, oh God. my God. And so yeah. it, it's like when he's wearing his leather, long leather jacket and like tights, they're like looking back like. Oh, he's not here to see his wife. He's actually I was like, oh my god. Um, so that was really interesting. Also, he has a nice long, like five minute sequence about how great the Toronto Maple Leafs are. So if you know uh, that's so listen, you, now I'm sold. Now I'm sold. <laughs> if you want to talk about two of my favorite things coming together at once, I was just like sitting there. It's uh, you know, I've tried sex, but this is just way better than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did say coming together, and that's something Ooh. I've never tried. Yeah, fuck you, John Lennon. Um, yeah, is uh so so we're going to play the game journey eventually here. Um, yes. and obviously that is the game from the band. Uh, Steve Perry is the main character. Um, Don't stop believing that that's true. Andrew hundred percent. My Mikey, what is your favorite journey song? My favorite journey song. You know what? I actually do. Um, I do want to get into this because I oh. think that we could talk for hours about, uh, about journey and, okay. and here, so here's kind of one of my introductions to journey. And this is before I tell you what my favorite song is. Cause I want to make you work for it. Well, you're, but you're warming me up. That they, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that we can come together. Yes. Uh, of course. There's, yeah. the show, there's the show that I used to watch. I think it was on comedy central, which is the, or comedy network, which is the Canadian version of comedy central basically. Okay. And it was a, it was a game show um, where it was all nerdy stuff and you had, it was beat the geeks, beat the geeks. Do you ever see oh, that show? Yeah, I remember that. And the host was one of those like super nerdy guys, but like super confident nerds where you're like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this, but he once brought up journey in an episode and talked about how fucking shitty that band is and how they don't <laughs> deserve the credit that they get. And this is before I really knew too much about them. So I just assumed that they were the shittiest band. And then I heard a couple of their songs and I was like, oh, fuck, I like this band. I, I And I always felt bad about that because I assumed everyone hated Journey because this douchebag said they were shitty. Um, but I, I think my favorite song would be... I like Lights. Lights is a great song. When the lights song. go out. Uh, I also really like the song... Um, uh, faithfully faithfully is a great song oh, fuck you that's exactly the song i was gonna say uh, i could picture you singing that song at karaoke yeah i love faithfully that's a great song also also steve perry and i have the exact same high vocal range uh obviously like i'm not gonna say we're very comparative because i'm obviously much better but is that yeah. uh i i just i would i would sing him right off the stage like he would he would go crying <laughs> he would go crying to his mama I uh, only discover I also murdered her. So uh, oh, it's no, a real. What did you? Ah, what, how did you know his mom? Because oh, it's a real double. Oh no, it's a it's a years of years of studying and expertise to make sure that I could you know contrap this plan that is so perfect that I would shame him on stage oh. and then he would look for comfort and that comfort is not there. It would be truly okay. devastating to him. Andrew, I have. A lot of things. I have questions that we need okay. to go okay. over okay. right okay. now. Okay. Because okay. I don't know. I, if I can't imagine know, what they would be, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way you're telling this story, you kind of make it seem like I should just understand why uh, yeah, you confused. put this plan together. Because yeah, I you asked be? you, I asked you why you did all this stuff mm-hmm. and why you got to know uh, Stephen Perry's mom. And you said, because you wanted to shame him. Now that to me is kind of 
taking a round of it. Like you're not really directly answering the, the why element of this other than the fact that you just thought up a plan. Did you, did he do something to you that warranted you killing his mom? I, okay. No, he didn't. He has not done anything. No, he didn't. He did nothing. He flaunted his beautiful voice, not as beautiful oh. as mine, and his like semi-attractive body, but not really. And my body's very attractive. And so I I'm, know, Andrew. I know it is. That's well, not. That's not up for debate. What? Oh, it's not. Oh, okay, good. Well, then, okay, case settled. I am the. I. I am a vast superior singer to Steve Perry. Um, moving on. Journey. Oh, what journey? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I was, I, I mean, we're, we're leaving out a whole chunk of this story, which is, uh, the element of you killing his mom. Um, I had a similar interaction yeah, well, though with, okay. with, uh, with Tyler Perry, um, oh, really? for a whole bunch of different reasons. Yeah. yeah. I, it was more of like, he was pretending to be my mom and my best friend and Tyler Perry at the same time. And none of it really made sense. And, is and that your just, mother uh, Medea? you, oh, you met her. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. She's like a famous character. She's in like a lot of movies, man. Oh Lord. <laughs> That's what she says, right? I was actually <laughs> thinking about like the few words she really messes up, and that's kind of like her catchphrase. And I'm pretty uh, sure it is. Yeah, I you know what? Mikey sounds great. It honestly, your impression of your own mother uh is very good. Thank you. At least she's still alive. Yes, exactly. Uh yeah, not like Steve Perry's mother. Um no. it was a um, real Andrew, misery I, situation. We, we, yeah, we, we've we've talked a lot about uh, wrestling documentaries and stuff, which we're we're want to do on this podcast. Uh, we we we, yeah. we talk about what we like and the things that we that get us going, really get our juices flowing, get our get our get our uh, uh, rods hard, as, as you would say. Yeah. Um, but what about I video would say games? that? Wait a second, I say rod. I'd say get your rods hard. You have said it in the past. I've heard it. Oh wow. Um, I have a lot of dreams that take place with you and me in them. Oh, really? Always talking about getting your rod hard, and so I, I'm just assuming that that's something you say in your day to day life as well. Is are you it sure not? I'm not saying rawhide? You are singing rod hard, so like that you're saying, but that, I'm up, pretty sure you're up, saying get rod it up, hard. Get it up, get it up, get it up, rod hard. See, and this is the this is the uh, the the karaoke prowess that I was alluding to yeah. earlier. Is, that was you just that one it. was for free, D pads. You're welcome. <laughs> Usually you have to pay $69.99. Oh, that's so much money, Andrew. Nice. But it's such a nice amount. Yeah. By the way, we're recording yep. this on June 9th, 2020, which mm. is a pretty nice date if you ask me. $69, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. Brothers in arms. Brothers in arms, 69ing. <laughs> also, just our friendly reminder from the retrograde, Father's Day is coming up. Um, oh, it is. It is. And I just um, want to make... Yeah, what's you up? all know what that means. It's time for a little bit of human centipeding. Um, and go back and listen to our last, basically the full two episodes to understand how much we were talking about eating uh, dad's ass. And and we don't need to contextualize that for you because it that kind of goes without saying. Yeah, today is obviously June 16th. You have currently five days until you need to eat dad's ass. Yeah, so day. get prepared. Brush that teeth. Floss yeah, that, also, floss that also, tooth. Also tell your father, heads up, if Father's Day is coming up, I need you to prepare for the the absolute or ornate 
occasion that will happen uh, to you. And he will say, thank you. Of course I know what day it is. Uh, this happens every year. And then you go, I'm just, I just want to make it clear you're getting older and uh, you don't remember as well. So, uh, and then you, and he just, says, he says, say no more, say no more. I yeah. listen to the retrograde podcast as uh, well. I know yeah. what's about to happen. The two people, the two fan bases of D pads that really work well with us is people with fathers and fathers. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. They, they do. Yeah. And you know what I'm thinking as we talk, uh, as we talk this through, okay. um, I've complained a lot about the fact, uh, that, uh, the majority of my family wants nothing to do with this podcast and never listens to it. Yeah. This may be, uh, one of those scenarios where that's a good thing that my dad yeah. doesn't listen to this podcast. Cause I, I have, have a to, lot of explaining to do. I might have to tell my dad not to listen to these, but, um, you know, but if only fathers and people with fathers listen to this, you know, we can clear, we can steer clear on a lot of people. Obviously Batman not going to listen to this, oh. uh, podcast. That's good. He's too busy. He's too busy to listen. Cause he's just, yeah. he's so Dad, he's crying all the time. Oh, God. He's, it's listening, just, he's not listening to podcasts. He's listening to those self-help books. God, we we, we keep inviting people out to, and like Batman out, and it's just like, oh, God, get like get over it. Okay, Martha Wayne, I get it. Okay. Uh, are God, you wearing so- a pearl necklace? Do you know what that <laughs> reminds me of? Yes, Batman, we know. We've seen it 900 times in every movie that you've ever been in. We don't do, need you to tell us again. Do you think uh, Bruce Wayne has a fetish for pearl necklaces? Like like the sex move? <laughs> Do you think because of his dead mother and the pearl necklace, he he constantly? I gotta do this, Rachel Dawes. Uh, I think, I think he does. I yeah. think he does, but I think he also cries afterwards. I think he'd have to. It's got it's got to bring up a lot in him. Yeah, but most people cry after sex, right? Um, all my partners do. Yeah, all, all okay. the time. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. I've great. never understood it because I'm always so happy that that they let me do what what just happened because it baffles me why anyone would. If I'm being completely honest, a hundred percent, absolutely, I totally get that. Well, okay. One more thing I want to talk about before we get to the game is, um, the season finale, which was now six days ago, um, last Wednesday, uh, for what we do in the shadows, season two, uh, Ooh. happened, and I just. I can't express enough. If you like comedy, this is the funniest show on television that was currently airing. It's now Andrew. If they're listening to this podcast, clearly they have a higher standard of comedy than what you're going to find on TV, (laughs) unless it's on HBO because that's more than TV. That's not TV. It's not. No, it's, I just want to make it clear. It's not TV. I'm not going to say what it is. I don't want to spoil it. Oh, 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 I'm so sorry. Did you say it? I did. Mikey, I'm going to edit the on, shit man. out of this. Okay. Okay. Do you want me to start like right here? Like, when do you want me to st- start the podcast? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's start here. If you're watching what we do in the shadows, I can't wait to talk to you about things. Jackie, please hit me up at retrograde. Andy. I will talk about this show obsessively. I think it's just the funniest fucking show. Um, the whole show on the run, the episode on the run, which I think was episode seven with, uh, Laszlo running away and becoming Jackie Daytona, uh, while he was running away from, uh, Mark Hamill and, uh, and get, got and ran a bar and got really into women's volleyball. It made, it was just the funniest fucking episode I've ever heard in my life. And the other one too, is we are, we are recording this live from beautiful downtown Toronto. And I had no idea the show was filmed in Toronto until Wait, a couple, what? yeah, until a couple of things happened. I was like. Oh, and it kind of, I'm not gonna lie. I wish I never found out. It took me right out of it. But nonetheless, it is the funniest fucking show between Nadja and uh, Nandor and Laszlo and their familiar uh, Guillermo. I just, it is such a funny show. And I just, if I cannot encourage you enough, 
watch it now catch up before season three it, season two just ended it's uh, an fx show and it's currently on their app if you have an apple tv or uh, many of the streaming services you can watch it it's just so incredible so i can't say enough things uh, good things about it but please go watch uh, what we do in the shadows just finished yeah that's so i've seen the movie and i've seen the first yes. probably half of the first season and it amazed me because usually you get these uh made for tv versions of a franchise and they're just yeah. very watered down i couldn't believe how well made and how uh funny the TV series is compared to the movies. It, it holds up so, so well. They cast it so well. They cast like a bunch of actors that just like, it just so works. And it's so different than the movie too. I actually think the most, uh, the least successful episode in the first season is when they try and incorporate the movie into it with Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement and stuff like that. And a bunch of celebrities. I actually think that's the least successful episode because these, this characters, these actors that they'd created this little world in, is so compact and really good that when you try and expand it to the bigger world, like we don't need this, we don't need this. I don't need that yeah. to feel important to, uh, to validate what's happening here. This is a good show. And, uh, I just, man, this show makes me laugh so goddamn hard. I, I just, it's been a while since I've had a show like that. So, uh, oh, so man. Spe speaking of not, not compact, like, like, cause you're, you're saying the story's super compact and it's tight and it works on its own. Yeah. I watched a movie that was getting a little bit of hype that just came out on Netflix called the last day of American crime or whatever it is. I don't know if you've heard of this one. No. Um, it, it just released on Netflix about a, a week ago. It is legitimately one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, and the, the premise was okay. And I don't need to talk about it too much other than saying, if you've been on the fence about watching it, absolutely do not. It's like two and a half hours and it's all trash. And my brother, who is the guy when you see a movie on Netflix and, and it's like it's red and the, and the title is in flames and it like Danny Trejo's on the cover. And you're like, who is watching these movies? My brother is watching those movies. Those movies are made for him. And oh even he could not stand this movie halfway through it. He's like, wait a second, is the heist supposed to happen? Or did that just not? Oh, Mikey, I have heard of this guy. I, I heard about this movie today and I heard about it only because it has famously entered the annals of movies that have gotten 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, that makes so much sense. It Why is would you watch so that atrocious. movie? So usually I'm so picky about the movies that I watch, yeah. especially if they're over two hours. So I'll look up reviews and see what happens. But it just came out. It was like number two watched movie, most watched movies in Canada. My brother, who I know loves those kinds of movies, was just in the mood to watch a movie and we were hanging out. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to say much. Let's just do it. And what a bad decision that was because it was just so fucking bad. It was like, I, I could not believe it, but fuck, whatever. I, I did it. I did it so that you don't have to, D-Pads. You can thank me now. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, a, it was an act of sacrifice. I get it. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um so so that's that's all to say like i didn't know maybe you had seen it and we could kind of uh, uh talk some shit about it but uh don't do it because i don't no. want to have to talk about that no, movie again. there it's, are it's not, it's not so good. many good movies out there uh yeah. why would you subject yourself to that so and and there's so many good games out there and one of those games oh. is the game we're going to be talking about oh. today and that game my friend is a little game that i like to call and also the developers like to call and the fans like to call okay. and everyone who has played this game likes to call what? journey. Oh, there we like, are. They like to call it that Andrew, because that's what it's fucking called. So if you could just back off for a second, what the hell? 
Are you okay? I'm just telling you, I am I okay? <laughs> okay. I come in here blazing saddles, just yelling about the game journey. Yeah. And and all of a sudden you're like questioning, you're like, oh, why would they call it that? And I could see the look in your eyes because we're recording this uh-uh. on on Squadcast, which has video that we're not going to release to the public. And I can see it in your eyes. You're thinking, I don't know why people would call it that. And I'm telling you it's because it's called journey. So don't judge me on it. Judge them on it. So a new thing that everyone keeps talking about is microaggressions, right? Like these mm. little passive aggressive moments in which we do, in which we, you know, try and take back a little bit of freedom. I bring this okay. up because that is nothing to compare to what you're doing. It's not micro at all. It's just overt aggression in which you are calling me uh, hilarious, uh, humiliating nicknames. Oh, so um, you do think it's hilarious. No, all right. It's, no, it's just hilarious how stupid you are fucking moron and uh oh that's spoken like a little sad man you know what i will reveal i will reveal something mikey has never showered in his life i just want to say this mikey has horrible hygiene and smells awful and i only reveal this now because you pushed me okay you smell like absolute hell if you ever see a picture of his hair it's greased and matted down because he's never showered once in his life yeah you know why what's that because i don't have to do what my mommy and daddy tell me to do because i'm not a little dinky and my mommy's always yelling at me, Mikey, go take a shower. And I say, Mommy, I don't have to because I'm a big, big boy, Mikey. And then I oh, start there we go. The voice changed. Yeah. I'm a big boy. yeah, I was doing you for a second there. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yes, I will because I'm big boy. Oh, wait, I'm big boy, Mikey. <laughs> you know what I think about all the time? What's is that? like, It's like you, you hear these stories of people who find themselves in like in dire circumstances and they yell for their mom. Yeah. It's just like that's like an instinct. Very sad, and yes. It's it's incredibly sad, yeah. um, and it's it's often mocked in movies and stuff, or used as a trope in movies or whatever it is. And I'm, I'm sure um, we're not going to mock it at all right here. No, 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 no. I I'm legitimately saying as much oh. as I would I I I would I hate to admit this, 100 percent that would be me. And oh. I, I I know it deep in deep in my soul. If you steal my lunch money, put my face down on the ground, and like threaten my life, I'm. You, you know what? You don't even have to do that. You look at me funny and walk towards me. I'm yelling for my mom right away. Yeah, it's if I open my fridge out. and there's not the thing I need in there, I just go, mom. <laughs> oh, wait, she doesn't live with me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see myself being that. Um, she's uh, My mother is a great person to have with you on uh, a journey of sorts, uh, <sighs> if, if that's what we're going to be doing. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's funky. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm a clunky monkey baby you could call me that um <laughs> so journey came out in 2012 the year that the world ended according to the mayan calendar on playstation Jesus. 3 we are on um, fire right now do you want you any <laughs> other ones coming up uh uh i'm sure i do uh, i'm sure they're going to be just as bad as what i've been saying but you know um so journey andrew before we get into it uh i actually don't know this we talked about doing this game but i'm not 100 sure do you have experience with this game do you do you have uh did you play it when it came out or or is this going to be kind of new for you no i played it a couple of times uh not with any level of detail but then again I don't know. There is such level of conceits to this game and, and stylistic uh, elements to this game that when you play the game, it's kind of, you do get it. Like, it's not like, Oh, if you don't get to level seven, you know, you kind of don't get this game. There is yeah. such a unique play style to it that I think it's one of those impressions that leaves with you. So while I, I didn't play this game as much as, you know, red dead redemption two or something like that, I did, sure. I did play this game and I, I feel comfortable 
uh, with the impression it left on me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting that you talk, you bring that up about it, it not being about uh, beating the game necessarily or spending a ton of time with it, but it leaving impressions on you because this game kind of is like a painting um, or a painting in different sequences. Like okay. at any point in time playing this game, you could just kind of look at it and take in meaning and emotion. Right. Um, now, one thing about this game that I think works so well, though, is that playing it from start to finish um, uh, in one sitting is a a whole different experience than if you're just picking it up and playing, uh, you know, here and there, or you're watching someone play or this, because it is literally about the journey and right. feeling about uh, differently oh. about your your landscape and your circumstances an hour into the game as you do right at the beginning. Um, one of the most unique things about this game, if you if you haven't played it or heard much about it, um, while you're playing through it, it's a single player experience for the most part, and you can't play co-op. However, other characters will come into your world, and those characters are controlled by other humans who are playing the game. But you don't really see a gamer tag. You don't really communicate with them. In fact, there are no words spoken in this game with the exception of the title screen and the credits. Yeah. Um, there's two ways to communicate. You can jump and you can make like a little music type sound, um, which just I, I remember when this ca- this game came out and when it was being talked about. 2012 is before walking simulators and these new indie games like these really ethereal indie games started to, to rise in, in prominence. And it was such a unique experience uh, that I would I would find it hard to start this game and not play it all the way through. Okay. It's only about two hours or three hours or so. And if you hadn't experienced that whole journey, I'd be interested to know what your what your uh, uh, interpretation of it is, kind of like well, what impression it left on you. Well, you know, it's 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 so funny that if you were playing a drinking game at home for the word journey. Uh, yeah, we could start planning the funeral for you right now because <laughs> I, it's coming up a lot and I just want everyone to be very comfortable with that idea. It's going to uh, continue to come up. I, you know, if you're leaving, if you're asking what market left on me, uh, which was your question? Was it, in, was it, was it indelible? Well, I tried not to say it because I knew I was going to get mocked, but, uh, <laughs> since you said it, yeah, it did. Um, no, I think it's. I think it gets down to the art style. I, I think it gets down to the coloring and the character design and just the whole world building. It is incredibly unique comparative to most games that you play. And I think we're on a nice stretch of games that are incredibly unique with their artistic style. You know, between last week with Broforce, um, which I would say is not as delicate, <laughs> but uh, this one feels like a, I don't know, it feels more like an art piece that has a gaming element to it then that's a good good game yeah i like that you know then a game that is just uh here's your here's your game you 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 fucking slob like go play your fucking game you stupid idiot and i'm like thank you sir may have another thank you may have some more yeah and they just smack me around the eye or something like that uh i think this one is (laughs) this is one of those ones where like it feels like an exhibition like there is such a clear-cut design where you could see a screenshot of this game and you know exactly what game you're playing you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even a color that's, scope. That's Sorry. Even like a color shading, like a color scope of like things. You're like, oh, that's journey, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Everything about it, the light, the even the sound. Like this game was actually nominated for a Grammy. Uh, oh wow! Because because of the the uh, the soundtrack, it didn't win. But I remember that being an enormous deal. It was nominated for uh, best score. Uh, okay. 
soundtrack for visual media. I don't really know what that means. I don't watch the Grammys that much, but, but that was like a very big deal, right? It was video games breaking into this, you know, the most prominent award show in, in audio. Um, and, and that's kind of what this game was treated as. It really was treated as art. The company, uh, that game company, it, that's, that's the name of the game company. Um, that made this game their experience before this they made the game flow and the game flower and what i remember about those games uh is that they were they were both you know quote unquote indie games and uh, they came out for the playstation and their their purpose was not to focus on winning and losing and we talk about this a lot like one of our least favorite things about a lot of oh, retro games is emotional? the way they're uh, why are you so sad it, it's just honestly it's the design of this game oh my god and the fact that they don't want me to lose oh because i'm so i'm so used to losing oh really and i don't want to have to turn on this video game and then also get dead a lot because that makes me feel like a fucking loser mikey okay, andy mikey well, okay stop that but uh mikey okay, andy. Uh, no 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 stop that is that i i i don't blame you based on this podcast i know you are used to losing <laughs> Yeah, um, unless I'm playing Jackbox. Unless, unless you're I'm like, playing Jackbox, then you fucking, then I clean fucking up. dominate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but but I I do I wanted to make a big point of that because there was a distinct turn in gaming when the philosophy shifted from death is necessary in games to does death even need to be a part of games? And yeah. Journey was one of those games, and Flow and Flower, both also games from that game company, um, that that started to to question this because. It was more about the experience and how it flowed, and it wasn't challenging you by forcing you to die or hit a fail state right. necessarily. It was just challenging you in in terms of figuring out a puzzle or how to move forward. And part of that figuring it out, which I found so kind of meta and interesting, was that it was figuring out how to communicate with someone who didn't have voice comms with you, who was a stranger to you, and who couldn't communicate back with you with anything other than like a musical note mm -hmm. and jumping. Yeah. So you'd find yourself kind of like bleeding in and out of other people's worlds. And over the course of your journey, you could play with like 12 different people and not know it. And it kind of happened seamlessly. And I remember specifically the first time I played through this game, there was one person we entered each other's worlds pretty early on. Yeah. Uh, and I'd already seen a couple other people and, and it was really hard to communicate, but for some reason we just fucking got each other. And it got to the point where we had this, like this, like three beat, music note that we would do to each other and, and it and it would kind of like let us know where we were it was kind of like our call sign or okay. something and oh you gave him a better one that you gave, gave me okay got it okay fine instead of jen i'll call you honestly <laughs> honestly not as bad not as bad um i remember there was there was a puzzle we were really trying to figure out and it was a part of the game that was really like like trying, like you, your character was really struggling to get past a certain point. Right. And finally we got past and it was this big momentous moment. And I went to go celebrate with him or her. I don't, I don't yep, know them, them yep. by, by hitting the musical chime and there was no response. The person I was with was no longer the person that I did all that work oh. with. We'd exited each other's games and I was 
devastated and the emotional impact of something like that where i never would have expected it it wasn't written into the game it wasn't a part of even the game's atmosphere and environment right. but it was a choice the developers made to allow for this interplay between strangers that i think made it so much more effective yeah that's like honestly it's kind of beautiful and i think it's a nice little comparison to like what more normal life is like it's the contributions of many unnamed people instead of one heroic person fighting against the world do you know what I mean? I think it's the idea. That's that, actually, a, I like that a lot. That's a great point. Yeah, it's like it's like we all do this together, whether we know we do it together or not. You know, and yeah. uh, and I think you know there are so many conventions in video games that we just accept all the time and go like that's the way it is. You know, like you know you die yeah. and that you start again and there's save points right. and all this kind of stuff. And when games like Journey come come around and they throw conventions on their head and go, you know, have you thought about doing it this way? You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if we flip the map upside down and you're like, Whoa, I don't like oh, that yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah. why not? And you're like, ah, you know, uh, it, it, it's it just, just different. It's just different. I don't like it. And so when this does it in such a pleasing manner and such a pleasing animation style and such please mu pleasing music, excuse me, you know, it really can show you, the variance of what games could be. Yeah. This was like that, that era of like 2007 to 2012 was some of the most exciting uh, times in video games for me. I think there were so many experiments being done. There were so many new things being discovered. The, the concept of like AAA games still existed, but because of the onset of indie games, it was like this platform finally came out which which was preventing people like the the non-existence of this platform was preventing really artistic people from getting a message out that now it was like the floodgates were open right. and we were rediscovering what video games could mean and journey was at the forefront of that so much so that we'll, we'll get into the the reception a little bit on this um like obviously everyone knows that this game is very well received. I don't know if they remember how well received. Oh, it was. really? The Metacritic score of this game uh, was a 92%. 92%. And and one of the 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 things I like the most about this is usually if there's a 92%, there's kind of like an outlier here or there with a bad score, like a seven or a seven and a half. But all the major game company or uh, review review uh, companies. IGN gave it a nine. GameSpot gave it a nine. Game Informer gave it a nine. Oh, Everyone was in oh, agreement that oh. this was just a fantastic. Oh, Informer. Thank you. You can continue now. Thank you very much. Um, it, it, it's, it's just like this acceptance that this game is something special. And uh, wow. and I think that we're going to be kind of in for a treat because the, the beautiful thing about a game like this where it's very... Uh, it's not very heavy on controls and right. it's very atmospheric and it's a stylistic choice to have the art in a certain way rather than relying on heavy graphics is that I think it'll age really, really well. And that's something that works super well for this podcast. Well, too. Absolutely. It does. I, I, I agree with you. It feels frozen in time to a certain aspect of it. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to go back and play it and see if this game holds up because I think it's one of those ones that you can like, sorry, hold up, but like hold up separately and go like, you know, that is unique and special. And you can hold up these different games to show the variance of what video games can be. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think you will we'll see a lot of what this game does uh, or recognize a lot of what this game does in, in games that come in the future. So um, maybe let's get into it now. Are you ready to uh, to get into our, uh, our scores? I'd love to. 
perfect. So uh, for those of you who are new or may have just forgotten, Andrew and I each give these games two specific rankings. The first ranking out of four bits is our review based on what the game meant to us growing up, as though we're reviewing it back when it first came out. Then we take a bit of a break to revisit the game and give it its second ranking, also out of four bits, which represents how the game holds up in the modern day. Yeah. That said, every game will receive an ultimate score out of a possible 16 bits, with eight of those bits coming from Andrew, four for the retro score, four for the current score, and eight for myself. Oh. Andrew, would you please take our listener on the journey of a lifetime? Oh, there it is. Again. Drink it down for them, sir. hundred percent. Everyone drank. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, there are important games that we do and important games to us in which, oh, I played that game so much. Oh, I couldn't wait to play that game. Or every time I rushed into an arcade, I had to play that game. You know, this game isn't one of those. It's not something I obsessively played, and I don't imagine that is a huge amount of the population that said, oh, I just played Journey Inside and Out until, you know, the CD yeah, went bald. No, for sure. uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's just one of those things where it is so unique, and I've said that word like 16 times now, but it is so unique, it is so special that whether you played it for an hour or you played it for 20 hours, you remember this game. And there are so many games that we play in which, oh, I think I played that game a lot, but it's so bled into other ones. Or did I play number 16 or did I play number 17? This isn't one of those games. You play this game, you remember this game, you know this game. Mm-hmm. And right. I think for that reason more than ever, this has to get a really high score for me. It is beautiful. Yeah. It's got great music. And it kind of pushes the boundaries of what video games can be in the first place. I'm going to give this a three and a half out of four. Nice. Yeah. I think that's very, uh, very warranted and very well-deserved. Um, I've been, you know, one of the, one of the things I struggle with in reviewing this game is I've only played it start to finish once I picked it up here and there and kind of like, you know, watched a lot of videos about it and, and, and gotten experiences of it through listening to the soundtrack and, and, and this and that, but the amount of time I've actually spent playing this game is realistically probably four hours, five hours. And that, that kind of makes me think like, man, I don't know if I want, if I can give it the the great score that I really want to give it. However, this is one of the few games, you know, it, it, it sits among a certain type of game where when you bring it up, I am flooded with memories and emotions. And I can tell you exactly where I was at specific moments in, in playing through the game or, or what I was thinking at different moments. I remember so viscerally, not just the experience of playing, but, but all of my surroundings, because it just, the, the the experience of playing this game brought me down to almost like a meditative state of of here and now uh of of awareness and mindfulness and and I, i'm not a very like spiritual or you know much of that i i'm, I'm not great with meditation or mindfulness specifically but um i i almost got a concept of what that could be by playing this game and for a game to affect me so much outside of just the act of playing it, I have to give it a four. Like it, oh, it wow. has done so much for me. Um, I don't want to get too liberal with my fours, but but this one, I, I I feel like it earned it. Wow, that's pretty incredible. So a three and a half for me and a four for you. That is a seven and a half out of eight. Uh, you know, kind of hard to get higher than that one. So uh, you yeah. know, big expectations going into play this game. But you know, that being said, I can't wait to go play this game because we both love it. Let's do it. I'm right. uh, I'm pretty fucking pumped. I I, <laughs> I can see us uh, really sinking our teeth into this one. Uh, and also, just for those of you who aren't fully aware of what this game is, Andrew and I cannot set up co-op to play no. it with each other. We'll be playing through it at the same time. But by the way, it like how it works, we may actually 
interact with one another. So we'll have a little call sign that we'll throw out to whomever ends up in our game and see if we can end up uh, yeah. finding each other out there in the vast world of Journey. Absolutely. If that little avatar, if I just hear in the difference in the distance of Journey, just going like little dinky Andy, I'll be like, dinky, oh my dinky. God, I'm just going to fucking <laughs> go my the controller other yeah, through the TV. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's go play this game. Scrolling through user agreements. What a life. New journey. New journey. Count Olaf is now online. That's me. What That's you. I always love the epilepsy warning. That always gets me. Yeah. I wonder how many people that actually happens to. I guess more than we realize. If the answer is one, I assume a warning goes on there. Yeah, that's true. You think we'll be able to play together? Yeah, yeah. There's a decent chance we'll end up in the same at the same point in time. All right, so we got deserts. There's no You know what? This game reminds me actually a lot of Shadow of the Colossus in in its in its atmosphere, which I uh, I'm obviously a fan of. Yeah, well, atmosphere in the way that there are not a lot of characters or action around you. That's like, true. And it tries to tell a lot of the story through environment as well, which is always good. There wasn't the huge intro that there was in Shadow of the Colossus. Okay, so oh, now, yeah. now it's telling me uh, it's got the motion controls on the PlayStation 4, which is cool. I got I can move up and down. I do remember that being relatively new for games like this. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that didn't take off as well as uh, oh, as, I'm so glad. as it could have. It's fine and all, but man, it's. Feels like a better idea in theory than real. Oh, so I'm at the title screen. I'm uh, I'm walking in the desert. Yeah, you're walking through all the tombstones or whatever they are. Okay, yes, I'm there now. And it's the top of the mountain, and that top of the mountain is the place to which you are journeying, for those of you who have gotten to the past. I mean, gotten to the past, played this in the past. What the hell? Have you Marty <laughs> McFly'd yourself? We gotta go back. <laughs> a very angry Doc Brown in your mind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Marty, we gotta go back. They only had the post pure heroin back then. Uh, uh, so I'm getting there's this brick structure, little broken down house. I'm pretty sure that's where you are as well. Yeah. I can't jump yet, which is uh, no, you receive uh, that oh, there. You receive that, yeah. And and the scarf. So as you're going, one of the things yes. I love about this is your scarf just kind of grows along with you. Um, and if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Journey or you don't know the game, do yourself a favor right now, right fucking now. And oh my god! What this game looks like because it's Jesus. going to—it's going to very much change your interpretation of what we're talking about right now. It's—it's it's a very visual game, and if you don't have a concept of what that means, uh, it may not land as well for you. Okay, I'm gonna head towards the sun. There, there's a few floating scarf things all over the place, and you kind of want to collect yeah. those. They—they yeah. they can help you jump as you go. They—they they give you a little bit of a jump boost. But yeah, you're right. The uh, You said it earlier. The controls are incredibly simple. But I think that I, I mean that in a good way. No, I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, so I'm just walking through the desert, picking up pieces of my scarf. You know, it's a tale as old as time. I, I You know, it almost <laughs> seems cliche to say it out loud. The first time oh. I played this game, I was I made sure I just had like a bottle of wine and I was alone in my room in the dark, and I just really took in the atmosphere because everyone was talking about the atmosphere in this game and, and what it did to change video game design, essentially. Mikey, I kind of want to be high. I would love to be high playing this game. So I just used my voice to kind of turn on something on the wall. Oh, ew. 
I don't like that. You used your voice to turn something on? For the first time in a long, long time, my friend. I was going to say, are they called the D-pads? <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> hey, babies. There we go. I'm, I, I also use my voice to turn things on, which is a constant issue I have. Bank tellers, uh, convenience store employees. And um, podcast hosts. I'll be honest, man. Recording with oh. you is tough. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Uh, sweet baby Andy here. Who's? I don't know about that name. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> I, you know, the worst part is it's more of an if not a when we get merch. Little Dinky Andy is definitely on a T-shirt, and I'm just not. I'm already like, oh crap. I'm not happy about it at all. I'm so happy about that. I will wear that T-shirt. I'll be the only one to wear that T-shirt if I have to. Oh, I'm getting blown over by the wind. So another way of just kind of atmospheric storytelling. There's this bridge, and I, I saw it, and I thought, well, that's going to be a good way to kind of jump down yeah. on this landscape that we're we're getting towards. But as soon as you go, the wind starts blowing you, and you just can't get any closer to it. So it's not like you no. hit an invisible wall. It's actually kind of intuitive the way that it does it. Yeah, it's almost pushing you the way you should go. It's like a yeah. nonverbal clue. It's the only kind of clues it gives, my man. Right. Well, it's not overdo this but yeah okay <laughs> my man it's the only kind of clues this motherfucking game gives <laughs> your like hand is holding out waiting for me to high five you <laughs> but it's weird because you can't really jump unless you find one of those scarf outlets i don't know what all them no i think you're correct they are scarf outlets that's the scientific term i think yeah yeah if you like if you travel outside of a major metropolis uh you can find a scarf outlet pretty fast <laughs> <laughs> what is that le chateau yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever floats your boat. Fuck, I don't even know what this is. There's a pillar. It's really hard to get a sense of what's going on, right? Like you're, yeah. you feel lost. And uh, and it's the, the toughest thing about it is while we're trying to record a podcast, it's hard to really let it like wash yeah. over because there's a party that's like, explain what's happening rather than just kind of like sit back and take it all in. Yeah, there was a bit of a cutscene, eh? Yeah, a little cutscene. I'm in the middle of it right now. So it's sort of showing you almost through hieroglyphs what your journey is going to look like. Stop fucking saying that word. <laughs> what word can I use? Your exploration, your adventure, trip, your uh, experience, your. They should have called this game Trip. I think that would have made a lot more sense. There are more cinematics in this game than I remembered, if I'm being honest. Yeah. You're kind of getting a lot of establishing shots of, of the area you're about to explore. And in each of these areas, it's kind of all about getting from point A to point B. Uh, and doing so is difficult because you can't jump. You need to find these little windy scarfs in order to, to float around. And everything Mikey's saying is just based on the fact that that's what we assume. Like yeah. no, nothing, nothing, nothing is telling you what to do. Like even the fact that you're traveling point A to point B, we assume, and I'm actually kind of shocked we both got to the same spot, to be honest. That's true. That's kind of a Marvel in video game design where it didn't tell us what to do, but we just ended up doing the same thing anyway. Oh, I see someone. Did you just miss your jump? No, I would never miss my jump. I'm too talented. There's someone in my game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it, give it. I'm with this other person. We're, we're near the bridge, oh, and I just showed this person how to get up to the top. Actually, that's really cool. This person was having trouble with his jump I was doing. Oh, this guy's just now walking away. Uh, he left me, so I, I'm, I'm actually glad that person left. It gives, it gives room for you to join my game. Oh. I see somebody. Where's this person you see? Maybe it's me. I'm facing them. We're literally touching. Oh, that's not me. Honestly, fucking never touch you. Okay, so I'm gonna activate the second floating scarf, which sounds insane. <laughs> what's, that? what's insane about that? Someone's already up there in my game. 
Someone's following me. Oh, someone activated it already in my game. So the guy who I'm with in this area just activated the last one. <laughs> yeah, let's just keep on going and maybe we'll end up. Who knows? Either way, I'm just here to enjoy the journey, my man. Oh, Mikey. Stop saying that. Is this, since we're walking in sand, is this like a God's footprint thing where, you know, there was only one set of footprints or something like that? Because we're playing together. Andrew, I'm glad you asked because this is exactly a God's footprint type scenario. Oh, and this is why it. I brought you here. We've talked about this on last week's episode. This is secretly a very religious podcast. And it is. And if you didn't know that. before, now you definitely know. And if you don't know, now you know. You know there's these little like collectibles as well throughout that you can get that give you more of a jump power, I think. Uh, and they kind of add to the length of your scarf. I looks like I have finished the bridge now. So have I. And I, I finished it before you. Okay. Okay. Relax. It's hard to relax when I'm winning so hard. Okay, Trump. <laughs> it feels instinctively like such a deep game that I almost feel bad that we're kind of not doing more. Like it's we're just beating it. A hundred percent. Like I see all these little shiny things all over the place and I'm thinking like, I'm supposed to try to get those things. I know that. Yeah. Playing it this way is not the way it's supposed to be played, especially for a game that's supposed to be atmospheric. The, the only thing that's kind of weird about this game is that I've done everything and this guy is just fucking following me and on my co literal coattails or my start tail. <laughs> and like, what am I supposed to do? Am I like, am I piggybacking? You're caring, man. He's just taking advantage of the system. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you take that side. Okay, you take that side. I'll take this side then. Okay. Good communication, idiot. Um, <laughs> okay. I know you've had like a great interaction with your guy. I hate my guy. He sucks. Yeah, no, I didn't have a great interaction with mine either. He activated the, or they activated the third uh, scarf without me even knowing. So it just took me out of the equation completely. Um, as you finish each area, the statues at the end of the area show you how many of the little pickups you got. And I remember when I played through it the first time, I wanted all of them because it makes you jump a little bit higher. And once you Ooh. get that, that, that higher jump with the larger scarf, it, the feeling of weightlessness and floatiness makes this game feel so much better yeah i do like this little like message system that i can say things except he's just spamming the button and yelling at me and i can't really tell what i, I can't imagine what he's yelling other than do more you're doing the whole thing for me thank you god damn it i hate my guy my guy sucks i don't even have a guy anymore well mikey no one wanted to play with you that's important to remember no one wants to play with Big Boy Mikey, host of the Retrograde Podcast. Dude, it's probably because you're mercilessly mocking them as well. Like, <laughs> little dinky journey guy, you know? Look at his little dinky scarf. I bet he can't throw three meters with that thing. He can't even please my wife. Like, what? what? <laughs> okay. I, I'm almost going to stop and let this guy go. Where do you think we should go, idiot? Yep, nowhere. Got it. All right, thanks. <laughs> so I've just activated a scarf. Like a and disembodied scarf, a different scarf than I normally would. It's almost like a dragon, and it's sort of leading me. It's basically doing what you were doing for your uh, your your host in there. Yeah, like I think he's he's not my teammate. He is, you know, a moocher. Okay, so I've activated dragon. Oh no, wait, I'm gonna chase after him. Okay. Yeah, you gotta chase after him, and he's a little bit faster than you. I don't know why we're gendering this. Can you answer a question for me? Yeah. Am I high? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna I'm chasing after the dragon scarf, which again makes me sound absolutely insane, but I'm chasing after him. Have I lost my guy? Where's my guy? Oh I lost him. Well, good. He's gonna fucking die in the desert alone because no, he's not gonna know what to do. Oh, there he is. Oh, you got him again? Uh, Damn it. Yeah, he's right behind me, of course. The scarves were telling you something. 
Yeah, they were just circling this empty building. Yeah, they're trying to lead you something. They've been they've been leading me. They're like a pack of cats. Yeah, I like it. I got my new family. I like these better than my real family. Yeah, absolutely. You're like the Melendez brothers. You killed your real family. <laughs> um, this is really cool. This this section where you're kind of flying with the scarves. Because if you yeah. if you chime at them, they'll come towards you, and then you can use them to shoot you up a little bit to give you a little bit of a boost. So you're you're basically flying with the scarves. I don't know. This is really cool. When you get the hang of it, it feels really really neat. You know what's weird about Journey though is with everything kind of being a ruin, it so foresees that foretold this society that existed at one time. Oh Isn't yeah. Well, like this, so, so we're basically running through a desert and in the desert, there's these buildings that are popping up everywhere. So it, you're yeah. right. It does mean that there's kind of a, a civilization that must have existed before. It is, it is one of those games where like, if you read into it, you'll absolutely be able to piece it together. Uh, or maybe you won't be able to, but I probably would if I gave it enough thought. Oh, fuck. Oh yeah. Guy's still following me. He literally has not led one second of this game. It may not even be the same person. I haven't seen another person in my game in a long time. What am I supposed to do? Where do I go? Always follow the, um, the Yeah, I'm trying to, but that storm is like really strong. A storm? Yeah, you're not near that huge sandstorm? And I'm not talking about Darude, obviously. <laughs> no, I, honestly, my, my scarves are leading me on a great journey. I found like nine hieroglyphs, a bunch of new scarves. My scarves get too long. I hope you fucking choke yourself on that scarf. <laughs> Red was here. I'm gonna be such a. Hey, that's a good reference. Thank I'm you. gonna be such a hipster. Like you should see how long my scarf is right now. Lenny You're Kravitz. Be like, be so Lenny cool. Kravitz. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I was thinking of. Lenny Kravitz is more scarf than man at that point. <laughs> I'm on fire right now. You're oh oh in the jokes. Do the jokes department? <laughs> in the jokes department. <laughs> okay, so now I seem to be at what I could describe as a clock tower, maybe? That's in a huge sandstorm. Where why are you in a sandstorm? I'm not I'm not I'm nowhere near a sandstorm. I'm thinking that my scarves took me on a journey to get more collectibles because that's what I've been doing. But I'm not near a sandstorm. So you didn't get any of the collectibles? Yeah, Mikey, I'm not super into collectibles. All I'm super into is winning, okay? You know what? I'm just here the journey. This is not a Tom Cruise situation because it's mission accomplished. It's a George Bush situation. Oh, well, you know what this is to me? Mission, just here to have a good time. <laughs> Obviously, that's that's the Coast Guard of the military. <laughs> mission, just here to have a good time. <laughs> well, here I am. I'm ready to go. Next level. Me and uh, me and Doofus. Are you still with this? No one is joining me. I feel really sad right now. I'm not going to lie. You should feel sad. No one wanted to play with you. If you end up hosting a podcast with this guy, I'll be so fucking pissed off. Welcome to JourneyCast where I do all the talking and that guy eventually just <laughs> nods at me in the corner. What do you think, Doofus? <laughs> yep. All right. Cool. Sounds good. And welcome back to the Retro Braid. Hey, thanks for joining us after our fantastic journey. There it is again. There it is again. What or maybe I could have said fantastic voyage if we wanted to get sued. <laughs> By the estate of Jules Verne? By uh, the very voluptuous estate of Jules Verne. And everyone who, knows, <laughs> everyone who knows Jules Verne knows he's a voluptuous man. He had an ass that wouldn't quit. Jules Verne. <laughs> His ass was... A hundred thousand league miles out of my league, you know what I mean? Oh, oh. 
That was pretty good. Well, Mikey, I like to think the journey we did was the friends along the way. Uh, <laughs> well, you didn't really make a friend along the way. You kind of hated the guy that no. you were you were paired up with. I had a, I, I had a succubus. Yeah, no, I didn't have a friend in the journey. I just had a, a coattail hanger or a, what's another word? Uh, uh, no, coattail hanger is the only word in the oh, English good, language Nailed or it. any other language that works for that. Yeah, um, yeah, all other languages. You could hear someone speak fluent Russian and then go coattail hanger, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As Andrew and I try out our very fantastic Russian accents, what are um, you talking about? <laughs> I, uh, I, I feel like this was very similar to uh, my real life, where I just hear about other people going out there, having a good time, bunch of people by their sides. Meanwhile, I'm just pretending that the anthropomorphic scarfs I'm with are real human beings and pretending they're my real friends. Yeah, actually very much like your life. Like the next, so we'd see each other and I go, why didn't you show up to the journey? We were like, <laughs> me and this guy were playing and you're like, oh, I, I just didn't feel like it. But when in the first part, you were never invited in the first place. So oh, you know, it, it, it hurts, you know it what? hurts, man. Didn't want to be invited because I got my nice comfy scarfs to just keep me company. Well, yeah. And did, what do you think as a man of fashion? What did you think about the scarves? Honestly, I'm a pretty forward looking fashion person and yeah. that game takes place uh, quite a bit in the future. So right. I think uh, it's right on trend. I think we're headed there pretty soon. And by pretty soon, I mean in the next one to 2000 years, maybe. Yeah, 100%. Everyone is 13 feet tall, very slender and wearing a hood at all times. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, it's very like, uh, what the hell is it called? The Margaret Atwood book. That was the show with oh, Elizabeth Moss. Oh, uh, you're talking about Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Very, very much like that. Big red hoods. That's true. Uh, actually. Silence. Uh, yeah. Of the lambs and otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. All types of silence, obviously. Silence. The Martin Scorsese movie with, uh, Adam Driver. Uh, wait, was yeah. Adam Driver in that movie? I thought that was, uh, oh no, that's, um, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. How could yeah. I confuse the two? Yeah, one of them was in Star Wars, and the other one loves lasagna. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and those things are mutually exclusive. You cannot yes. be in Star Wars and like lasagna or like you lasagna can't. in Star Wars. Hey, by the way, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Maybe I'm a little late to the party, but okay. in Star Wars episode Just, three. Yeah, the party you weren't invited to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my party full of anthropomorphic scarves. Um <laughs> I, I've been thinking about Star Wars episode three and how Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, says to Anakin, he's like, it's okay. over. I've got the high ground as though that is so, like, that's what they've been building up to in Star Wars for right. the five episodes prior to it. That like, if you're a Jedi, you gotta get the high ground. That's the yeah, most yeah. important thing <laughs> in a battle is get the high ground. And yeah, that confused me because I don't know of any other battle in the Star Wars universe where it's like, this one's over. He's got the high ground. Actually, well, wait, episode one with Darth Maul, once he's hanging on, I guess technically he's not on the high ground anymore. I, I hate to say it, like, if, when I close my eyes and I think of Star Wars, I, I yeah. think of, do I think of Luke, I am your father? Mm, no. <laughs> no, the not Force, so no, not really. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi going, do you have the high ground? And I go, <laughs> I currently have the high ground. And he goes, good. I feel confident about this battle. <laughs> it's over, Anakin. I've got the high ground. Meanwhile, I, I'm pretty sure it was 
Obi-Wan who was holding on to the ledge when Darth Maul was slashing at his hands with his lightsaber. Yeah. Obi-Wan didn't have the high ground. He had the low ground and he ended up winning that fight. So why in his mind is any fight over as soon as you're on the low ground? Yeah. Also Jedi's and like arrogance is not like a really like, like ah, I'm not yeah. worried. Yeah. Like oh, I got <laughs> it. Like, yeah, I've been taking a nap, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, you know what, Mikey, I think what we just did is we found the first flaw in the star Wars movies. Uh, that's so, it. And yeah. the first and probably only, I think that's it. I think that's and it's it. a little bit of a stretch. I get that, but otherwise flawless movies, uh, Bobo freak. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of flawless, let's talk a little bit about this game Ooh, or I like that. On, honestly though, uh, we mentioned it in the gameplay portion. It was really difficult to let this game work the way it's supposed to while recording a podcast at yeah. the same time yeah. by the nature of what we do we need to be narrating everything that's happening and i i feel like this game is supposed to work in the same way poetry does where it almost exists beyond the way regular language can explain a certain emotion yeah. so when you when you see the aesthetics and experience the environment that this game puts forth and then immediately try to vomit that up in 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 improvised language with a limited vocabulary as you and i have uh, yeah. it just immediately dumbs everything down and defeats the purpose of just kind of like letting it simmer and build a little bit did you did you feel the same way oh absolutely doing play-by-play -play for this game is like trying to retell somebody a dream you yes. know it, it's just not interesting and you sound insane like, yes. it, it, you know, like, oh, the scarves came out and then I did a little song and then I could float with the scarves <laughs> and then I sang at the crystals and the crystals let me through. Like, you're like, oh, OK, cool. Sounds good. Um, and, and it just does such a disservice to what is a truly beautiful game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think what is so impressive, most impressive to me is that you can play this game get a sense of a world, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like looking at a painting where you can like, you know, get all this meaning out of a still image. And I think what is so much, so interesting about journey is you can play the game and without any verbal cues or literal, no text at all, you are deciphering a story in your head. And the story I might have is different than the one you had, even though we played the same game, but it helps this world building in your head of like creating investment into a, into this game. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I think that one of the difficulties in, in recording at the same time as playing it is you're supposed to kind of just like see things, make a little mental note of it, and leave that in the back of your head until later things happen and you can kind of start to piece it together. But when you're immediately drawing attention to it, it kind of diminishes the impact later on where it's like, it's almost supposed to sit with you subconsciously and we're immediately bringing it into our, our forward conscious and, and thinking like, Hey, let's, what is this bridge connected by scarves? I don't know, man, but let's go sing it another scarf. Yeah. Um, and it kind of takes us out of it. So I tried my best to remove that part of it from my judgment of this game. And I think mechanically, visually and auditorily, this game works on all levels like it oh, yeah. really really yeah. works um i loved the moments of like flying around with those weird scarves that had a mind of its own like you're with a flock of birds almost and yeah. you kind of sing to them they come to you and they know that you and i'm actually just realizing this as i say it uh oh 
the scarves kind of know that you can't fly on your own. So when they see you falling and you sing, they come to you and give you a little bit of a boost as though they're like really trying to push you towards whatever it is you're going towards. Right. And I, I think those scarves are some of the most empathetic NPCs in a video game that I've played with in a long time. Uh, you know, especially given the fact that they don't talk to you, they're just sort of there interacting with you. I have like, I feel like I, I, I know them like that. They have some sort of uh, uh weight and meaning to them. If that makes sense. <laughs> you're like, it's kind of like what we do with animals a little bit. Like you're putting a personality on them that 100%. like they, that they might not necessarily have, but you're like, Oh, you're so curious. And it's like, yeah, uh, it's a scarf, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but it also flies. So let's throw like a little bit of logic out the window. For sure. The sure. Um, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I do like, I, I can't like, I swear to God, someone could write, uh, you know, a PhD dissertation on the fact that you play with strangers that you can't really communicate with and they duck in and out of your life. Like it's so remarkable, you yeah. know, whereas I could play every other game and find out my that my mother's favorite sex positions. And yet I, <laughs> I could play this game and there's this beautiful, frustrating silence uh, yeah. to it that, that, you know, really tests your communication levels. Uh, I, I, I really can't say enough about that idea. Like what a bold idea to do that and go like, yeah, we're going to do this game and you know, everything's going online and about communication and teamwork. And we're going to do something completely different. Yeah. I mean, everything in this game feels kind of ethereal and fleeting. I mean, including the fact that you have this scarf that's just sort of flapping in the wind, like as though it's going to blow off at any moment, you never know how long you're going to be with the same character in, right. in in your world so you don't know what history you share you don't know what systems you've brought up you don't know if you build a system with one person when that's going to be tossed out the window and you really just kind of have to go with it and accept that every step you take is going to be slightly different than the one you took before it and that's what a journey is all about i mean absolutely it, it, it's the meaning of this game and the drink. experiences and emotion yeah drink uh and emotions that it evokes are so in tune and resonant with the theme of the the game and, and, and the name of the game. Uh, and, and it all just seems to wrap up so nicely and, and fit on, on all these different levels. It's kind of brilliant. Like it's really a, a, a true work of art. It really, no, I really, I completely agree with you. It's something that Mikey and I've discussed a lot in the past. Uh, and it's just that video games are art and the same way that a movies art or televisions art or, you know, uh, or the drawings that I have of Andrew's parents uh, that I keep tucked under my bed. They're art. What are my parents doing in the art? Uh, your parents. So, okay. Do you, have you heard of, uh, uh oh, birds boy. and bees? Those two animals. I've heard exclusively of birds and of bees. Yeah. Your parents are fucking the birds and the bees oh, in, those, in those pictures. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Bestiality. Really? Beastingality. That's what I call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes speaking of art uh this is, a, <laughs> this is a true it is a true piece of art if you wanted to look at the medium of video games and say um you know what would what would you hold up to absolute examination uh that to prove that it is art journey would be a great suggestion yeah you know yeah, I, 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 I think so yeah. 
it, it works like like a poem works like it, it really does it's just layered and multifaceted and wraps around and references itself and references emotions and invokes emotions just by experiencing it um man i the more I think about it, I'm I'm trying to convince myself not to get too wrapped up in it because I I do have some qualms with it. I I think I it didn't, especially the the early the early goings of it uh, didn't flow quite as well as I would have hoped. It didn't grab me as much as I would have hoped. And maybe I'm spoiled as a gamer. Like I expect to just kind of be into it right off the bat. Um, but it took a little bit longer than I remember, and and I'm not sure if part of that again was just knowing that like okay we got to get something exciting going, otherwise this podcast is going to fucking suck more yeah. than it normally does. Um, what do you think? Like, what were some of the downsides uh, that that you that you saw? Well, okay, this I I kind of want to talk about it when bringing out my score. So are you okay just kind of getting into the scores right let's, now? Let's get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So on our previous scores, I gave it a three and a half, and Mikey gave it a four for a seven and a half out of eight. Ooh, pretty good score. All right, in our current scores, I so this is where I'm also getting to with the qualms. Um, there is one qualm for this game, and I and that's it. One issue I only have. It's Kwame Brown. Of course, it's number one overall pick, Kwame Brown for the Washington Wizards. Uh, <laughs> MJ can really draft him. Uh, okay, <laughs> is you know I I love movies, and and you know when I'm having a tough day or. Uh, you know, I, I want to take a load off. I don't go and, you know, oh man, what is this weird artistic movie I can turn on at the end sure. of the day? Sure. Uh, you want to release yourself, your mind traps of like overly thinking about things. Um, and so, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too much into why I don't want to punish this game for it, but it is one thing. And you got to be okay with doing that one thing right now. You got to jump into another world and just be okay with doing this. Whereas opposed to like games, like, you know, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I was just talking about that last week. Yep. If I want to attack a castle, I can attack a castle. If I want to go hunting, I can go hunting. I want to ride a boat around, I can ride a boat around. I want to get, a there are different methods in the game that I can do. And even in like something linear, like a sports game, there is, you know, online stuff. There is franchise building. You can play your own. It, the lack of diversity in the game is the only thing I'm going to say is that would keep me away. I don't, I know I played the game for a couple hours in a previously, but I never went back to it. And I, I fear about that because there is no desire to complete this game where there would be for others because it is so unique. It is so, you know, world transportive. Like, you know, you get there and you're like, wow, this is crazy. And you enjoy every second of it. But without that level of diversity and without that level of completion, which is great because it goes against every, you know, trope that is video games to not have that, to not have like achievements and stuff like that. It, it doesn't want leaving you wanting more. And so I, it's a beautiful game. It's cinematic style is incredible. The art's incredible. I think it's so fantastic. It is literally one of the best games of the century, but without that level of um, compulsion to go play, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's a, it's an interesting take on it because I guess we are looking at the realm of video games specifically. I mean, there's no way around it, but this does seem to kind of work almost more as a movie. Like you don't turn a movie on halfway through and watch 15 minutes and you're done. You don't turn a movie on even at the beginning, knowing you're only going to watch 10, 15 minutes or you rarely do. 
in video games, sometimes you do just want to pick it up for 15 minutes. Yeah. And in this case, it does not work for that. No. I don't know that I necessarily want to fault it for that because I think that uh, you and I are very different in terms of our preferences and what video games need to be. Um, I like something that is is very self-contained and is is perfect in doing what it does. My big complaint with Red Dead, for example, is that sure, there are thousands of things to do, but I don't find any one of them to be particularly fun. I feel like most of them are done better in other games that focused specifically on that task. Now, Journey, I think, gives you something that you just, you can't find in too many other games. Limbo would be one of them. I think maybe Firewatch is one of them. Yeah. Uh, Flower might be one of them, which is another game by that game company. Um, but even still, there's something in going back to playing this game that didn't click for me as much as I, I remember it clicking the first time I played. And maybe it's because I've just experienced this sort of emotion in video games before. Um, like Shadow of the Colossus, I feel like, is kind of a, a, a game that I would rather pick up as opposed to this one. That's not necessarily to say that's why I'm not giving oh, this a perfect score, but there are so many other games that I've played that are kind of similar that have done this uh, and 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 given me these emotional sort of breakthroughs and have resonated me quite a bit. Um, I'm worried that the 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 score I'm going to give it is reflective of the fact that we were playing it while podcasting, but I'll probably play it again. Honestly, give it another two hours and go through the whole thing, and maybe that'll change my mind. Maybe it won't, but I'm giving this one a three and a half out of four as well. You know what's so funny, Mikey? I I uh, that's a, like a totally great score. Obviously, I the second I I finished docking, I I regretted my score. I'm going to give it a four. I I am. Oh, nice. I'm sorry. Like I don't like doing this because I don't like you know breaking away from that idea. But I just heard myself talking, and I was so desperate to find something that I could knock this game for. I, I really can't. You got it. We, we always talk about people taking swings on this podcast and this is the biggest swing you can take. It goes against most conventions that video games does. I think it's just brilliant. I think it's beautiful. And it's, it's one of those games that will, you'll remember forever. It'll leave a mark on you. And yep. uh, so I'm going to give it a four. So we're just going to switch scores here. I'm going to give it a four. That You're going to give good. it a three and a half. <laughs> and that goes against our opposite scores. But previously, so those are both seven and a halfs in in the uh, retrograde and the current grade. That gets us to a 15 out of 16. Holy uh, shit. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. Welcome to the Hall of Fame. This That's got to be one of the highest ranked games we've ever done. Right? There's only one, I believe, that's higher. And Shadow of the Colossus got 15 and a half. Oh, boy. Yeah. Can't imagine okay, so that, that. <laughs> you know what? So I, like hearing myself talk as well, I, I'm like, I, I, and I said it before I gave my score, I was wavering between that perfect score and a three and a half, yep. but there's just, there's something I found myself honestly, while while we were playing this game, really enjoying it, but thinking, okay, it's, when is it going to grab me? Like it did before. Huh. And I honestly, I, I honestly think the only thing that's preventing me from giving it a four is the fact that that I loved it so much in the past. And yeah. I've probably built up more of an aura around it uh, that it was impossible to live up to because, you know, I, I I imbued it with my own emotional experiences and carried that with me over the last eight years, nine years, um, eight years. And uh, yeah, it, so it was a little bit lacking because, because I had put something into it that was never there in the first place, yeah. which is what a great game does. Um, oh no, I totally, and I totally get that. And I think that's totally fair. I, I, the only thing I'd say that, uh, I'm really glad that you were loving shadow Colossus. I would personally rather go black and play this game. 
So just I, I totally get that. Yeah. Because especially knowing the issues you had with Shadow of the Colossus. And if, if you're new to this podcast or you haven't heard that episode, definitely listen to it. Um it's it was interesting the disagreements that we had, even though it had such a such a high score. Um, one of the things that you really disliked was the controls and how the controls aged poorly yeah. because there's a combat mechanic that's liable that, 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 that's potentially going to happen in journey. There's nothing about these controls that can age poorly. I no. honestly, I don't think so. The camera's fine. You can control it with the right thumbstick or you can control it with the actual motion of the controller. The jumping's fine. It, it, it all works and it's all yeah. going to be there. Like, like you said, stuck in time. Um, it, it's just going to going to exist as a game of superb quality yeah no i completely agree with you and i think we're like you know shadow Colossus, the controls is like well other games i might do something similar you know i might climb an attack and when someone does something a little bit better it reflects negatively on previous games this one is just so unique i can't imagine i would ever have to compare it to anything else so it kind of just lives on its own island um yeah i i I think this is really one of the special ones and our, our scores reflect that for a 15 out of 16 uh, it's in the uh, Chevy Silverado Johnson and Johnson. Dwayne Johnson and Johnson family. <laughs> yeah, I gotta look that one up so we can uh, ring that bell every time someone is uh, inaugurated into it. Uh, goddamn, I'm. Uh, I, I, I. It's an absolutely fantastic game. I'm gonna lose sleep over whether or not I gave it the right score on a three and a half out of four. But um, I honestly, I'm gonna go back and play it at some point in the next week or two where I don't have to narrate it. Cause I think I owe it to this game to figure out whether that score I gave is correct. Right. And maybe we'll need an addendum, but uh, hopefully my score stands as well, I remember. If it. you listen to episode hundred, we went back and reviewed our scores and got things correct again. So maybe we'll have to wait till episode 200 to figure that one out. But uh, that's a long time, but Hey, it's coming babies. You absolutely. just buckle up because we're on our <laughs> way. One week at a time. Uh, but more than anything, we hope you are saying happy, safe and sane during this insane period in human history on this earth uh you know depending on where you live things look like they're getting better but uh more than anything we just hope you're doing okay and you can uh have a chance to do things that make you happy like play video games um but most important of all speak your voice be who you are and we're really we're really proud and happy that you are here with us today so we love you and we can't wait to talk to you soon d-pads i love every single one of you game over feel free to review the (laughs) podcast Feel free to review the podcast on your platform of choice, and you may hear your review featured on a future episode. Subscribe, like, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Listen direct and find our show notes at theretrogradepod.com. Join us on Facebook or on Instagram at The Retrograde Podcast. Or Twitter at RetrogradePod. And you can always send us an email at theretrogradepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this, make sure you let your player two know it. <laughs> if you enjoyed this, make sure to let your player two know to give us a listen. Let's play again next week. D-Pat, no, that sounds so dumb with a pause. What is wrong with me? Am I have a head injury? Let's play again next week, D-Pads. Fuck it, that sounded good. Oh. Oh, so that's like a big scarf?